0: I don't want to suffer. I want to live. I want to live an amazing life. Like I'm committed. So what do I have to do? And I really started over the years exploring my inner terrain, listening to the harsh lessons that I was getting from my life and really just start to pay attention and do something about what wasn't working in my life. And for me, especially with the money component, I've finally realized maybe around the age of like 31 that which is not very long ago for me but i realized holy moly like i don't make a lot of money or i don't keep the money that i make because i don't trust and respect myself okay so what do i have to do to trust and respect myself
1: you're listening to This Life Explains It All with the creators of
2: Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world.
1: On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you.
2: We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, it's Catherine and Stefania. We are so excited to bring you this episode today with Natalia Benson. Natalia is incredible. We got to meet with her last week when we were in LA, which was amazing. Natalia is a women's empowerment coach that Kat actually has done a bunch of work with. She is a self-proclaimed modern mystic, and we'll talk more about what that means, an astrologer and now an author. She really opened up in our conversation. She shared her incredibly personal story with us about how she struggled with addiction and low self-worth and feeling lost. I think that's something that we've all felt at one point or another. And then how she completely turned her life around and now runs an incredibly successful conscious business where she puts all of her passions into play to help others. So we're really excited for you guys to hear this one.
1: Yes. I actually discovered Natalia through another podcast I listened to called Offline. And at the time I was going through a really confusing time period, very lost with what to do with my career. So this podcast was perfect timing because when I listened to it and listened to Natalia's voice, She's so empowering and inspiring and has such great energy that I felt so uplifted just by listening to the podcast. And she said something. What did she say? She said, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. And for some reason, I just started crying like with like, Uh I don't know, like hope and happiness. Well, it struck a chord sounds like. It did. And it felt like she was speaking directly to me. And after that, I went onto her website to see if she offers coaching and I just wanted to work with her in a deeper way. I thought, you know, she's just, she has this such great energy. She's inspiring. She has done something with her life that I really admire and I wanted to work with her more. So I did coaching sessions with her and she does a great job of really holding a space and She was that push I needed at the time to make better choices for myself and for my career.
2: Yeah, this conversation is great. It was one of those conversations that felt like it went by in one minute for us, even though we were talking to her for I think probably about an hour. Now she does a lot of work in manifesting money, financial abundance, manifesting love and raising self-worth. So that was really cool to hear from her. One of the big things we talked about is astrology because like I said, she's an astrologer. And I think that there are a lot of astrological and cosmic terms coming into the forefront lately, like what does Mercury in retrograde really mean? Or my Saturn return or concepts like astrocartography. And we talked about a lot of those in a way that is really grounded. She does a great job of bringing that stuff down to earth. And I'm so interested in, in concepts like what happens during your Saturn return. Did you know what a Saturn return was before working with Natalia?
1: Yes. So Saturn actually returns to the location that it was when you were born every 28 years.
2: Yeah. Well, every 27 to 30 years, depending, but yeah, 28 is the average. But what it really means is things get shaken up in your life. So a lot of people between the ages of 27 and 30, even if you have no idea what the Saturn return is or, or hadn't at the time, I think this resonates with people because there tends to be a lot of shakeups. And what happens is it kind of puts you on the path that you're meant to be on. And if you had veered from that, your life may get really shaken up because the universe, the cosmos are trying to push you into what you you know, are supposed to be doing. So what was happening for you, Kat, during your
1: Saturn return? That was when I moved to Sydney, Australia. So I don't know. I didn't think I was unhappy in New York, but I I was looking for something else. I remember when I the opportunity came to me and my initial reaction was no way I won't move to Sydney, but then as I was thinking about it, I don't know, like there was something pulling me there and also I couldn't really think of a why not. I didn't have kids or anything that would Nothing hold holding me back. You back necessarily. And I figured, well, if I just go for a year, what's a year? I mean, even though I'm still there. And that was a big shakeup in terms of putting me out of my comfort zone. I got to Australia and I didn't know anyone. It forced me to do a lot of inward work, which changed my life in a really good way because I didn't have all the distractions of being in New York and having my Normal day to day life, it forced me to really figure out who I was and what I wanted to be doing more of. And I felt, even though I was sad and, you know, homesick a lot of the times in the first three months, I felt very free because mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone telling me, oh, you have to go here, you have to come here, or all of the group of friends is going to this place. So there was just so much time to really reflect
2: yeah. on myself. Yeah. I was just sort of looked up to find uh, like a super concise, simple, Explanation and I really like this. It's it's likening it. It's explaining a Saturn return is a cosmic rite of passage that you can kind of liken to your bar mitzvah or quinceanera. It's a life rite of passage that sort of brings you into adulthood after being put mm. on your path. Yeah, that sounds exactly what happened for me. Just yeah. What hap- What was yours? Well, for me, I moved to San Francisco during my Saturn return. Wow, so so we both
1: moved during ours. Yeah, big moves.
2: And I feel like I did feel during that period, like there was, this is a shakeup. This is like a, I don't know, energetically like a big moment or or time period. But I, I didn't at the time really know so much about a Saturn return. And I remember being so fascinated when I did learn what it was because it makes so much sense. But yeah, I had a lot of shakeups in my life. So I think that a lot of times like with your Saturn return it's best if you lean into challenges and like embrace them. So in that example, like moving on to a different city and not kind of like fighting the urge, like you didn't fight the urge, you kind of said, why not? That is the best thing that you can do through your Saturn return because it will continue to put you on the path. You know, hopefully this doesn't happen to anyone, but if you miss your Saturn return, it doesn't come around again for another 28 years. So if you're getting a big sign a big kind of push to do something during your Saturn return and you don't take it, you're probably going to run into some more hurdles and you'll get another Saturn return 28 years
1: after that. So we'll be around 60.
2: Yeah. So some people have three Saturn returns in their lifetime and some have four, I guess, depending on how long you live. We should ask our parents
1: if they had one around 60.
2: Yeah. Or even, I guess, when they were younger.
1: Yeah. Younger too.
2: I guess my mom had her kids around her Saturn return. I think she
1: had me at 33, so she must have just missed it. <laughs> but I, yeah, there's probably other issues that were happening.
2: <laughs> um, cool. So one of the other things we talk about that I think has been coming up more and more, especially if you're following the space and astrology, and I think even a lot of the mainstream astrology resources are going a little bit
1: deeper talking about things like Saturn return. All right. All right.
2: Well, let's get into the conversation with Natalia.
1: All right, we're talking to Natalia about how to turn around low self-worth, the one thing you have to do before manifesting anything, the steps to take to manifest money or love into your life. And we get real about the astrology terms where you're hearing everywhere. What is your Saturn return and how to navigate it? The life shakeups that happen during this period of life, what it really means when Mercury is in retrograde and what things you should and shouldn't do until a retrograde passes.
2: Yeah. And we're bringing the astrological information down to earth so that we can use the practice as a real tool in our everyday lives. Let's get into it.
1: Welcome, Natalia. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am so excited that you're to be here and you're Beautiful apartment and your space. And, you know, you've really been, and I've told you this before, but the catalyst for what we're doing now with Vera and being mm-hmm. here in your apartment right now doing a podcast. Oh, so thank you. It's been, you know, really great working with you and mm-hmm. now expanding into other things.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I love how it becomes like full circle mm-hmm. and getting to, you know, when you first sent me Vera. I was like blown away and it's, it's like being a proud mom. It's like (laughs) only you didn't really do anything other than like have some, you know, beautiful quality time and really just help you step into your power, which was such a joy, Kat. You were like, oh my God, just such a blessing to get to work with. So yeah, thank you. And I'm grateful you guys are here.
1: Amazing. Well, if you could share, you have a really inspiring story, about how you came into the space being, you know, the modern mystic, astrologer, empowerment coach. Can you talk about your story and what brought you here?
0: Absolutely. And I I just gifted you guys Mystical mm-hmm. AF, my book. Yep. So yeah, that definitely explains it all. And you know, it's very interesting. It's like where to begin. I moved to Los Angeles about I guess it was about 11 years ago at this point, which is crazy. I'm like, how am I old enough to say 11 years ago and I wasn't 11? (laughs) Like, that's really weird. But yeah, I moved here. I thought I was going to be a very successful jewelry designer. And I joke in the book actually how I'm like, you know, my inner voice was like, oh, you're going to LA to be a jewelry designer and you're going to build your success in this way. And I had this whole plan in my head. And then really the cosmic joke was that I was going to come here, discover all of my deep seated insecurities, all of my issues, and then really go on a deep healing journey to to really step into who I am now. And it's funny because right when I moved here, I remember I went on a date with this Pisces guy. And we were actually here in downtown. He took me to Fa or something. And then we're sitting there and he goes, do you want to go to a meditation with a Japanese sensei after this? And I was like, um, sure. <laughs> like I wasn't into any of this yet. I mean, I, I kind of had like dabbled in things that I was really interested in, but I was very young. I was 21 when I moved here. And I just remember sitting and meditating with this sensei kind of makes me emotional because it was so beautiful. And I remember sitting there and being like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, like sitting. And just hearing my thoughts, and I was brutal with myself at the time internally. I'm sure we can all <laughs> relate that yeah. we can be so hard on ourselves. And I think a big part of the quote unquote spiritual journey or the healing journey is truly making friends with your inner self and, and your inner critic and loving and softening. And, you know, that was kind of one of the inceptions was when I got here and I developed a cocaine addiction, alcohol dependency. I had never done drugs until I moved to Los Angeles. And ironically, have you guys ever heard of um, astrocartography? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's super fascinating. And my astrocartography for Los Angeles, I saw this many years ago because I wasn't into astrology during this time, but I saw that it's Neptune. It's Neptune meets Venus. And what that means or the way that I've studied it is like... It can go in one or two ways. You can really open up creatively or you can like be an addict. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting ah, because interesting. ironically, me getting addicted to substances is what opened up my creative channels. But it wasn't until I stopped and declared my dedication to my health, my wholeness mm-hmm. and my wellness, mind, body, soul, that everything started to change. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that was a big part of my story and my old story. And then over time in my 20s, I mean, I had a business. I started my first business at 19. As I said, I thought I was going to come be some you know, jewelry designer. And I was obsessed with Pamela Love. She's like a big designer in New York still. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what I, she was like a, as Lacey Phillips says, like an expander. So I was like, oh, that's what I'm going for. And all the while, you know, even though I had a business, I was working on myself because I was so deeply sad and like miserable. And I had to deal with that because otherwise I was like afraid that I wasn't going to stick around for much longer because I have such compassion for people who move through like a lot of emotional pain because... God, I mean, you can, like a physical wound, it hurts, but like emotional wounds are just as painful. And throughout my twenties, I had to figure out like really how to step into my worth and love myself. And I was chasing success and I thought success and being known was what was going to save me from myself but it couldn't have been farther from the truth and i got a lot of very harsh lessons curbing the time of the story and then slowly towards the end of my 20s after my saturn return forgive all the astrology references i am an astrologer so i definitely see my life in that that lens but towards the end of my 20s moving out of my saturn return I really started to own my worth. I started to look at my past as this perfect catalyst to creating me into a powerful woman and a really confident woman. And then yeah, like I guess things for me really started to come together not just with my work but with my sense of wholeness and self-respect, like literally maybe just barely 2 years ago. So, it's been quite a journey and I'm so happy like I love where I am now, and when I started coaching women, that was like where I found my purpose and my calling and people I think that the word purpose it gets and like life purpose and these terms get thrown around so much, but I really believe from my own experience, they are so important, like we must have a sense of our why well why we're here, even if your why is simply like being the best postal person ever, or, you know, raising a family and, or whatever it is, your why, but having that sense of why is such a blessing. So yeah, that's when things started to shift for me when I started to serve women and really like use my voice for empowerment and share
2: my stories and share what I'd learned. So that's the short answer. (laughs) It's beautiful. Well, there are a couple of things that you mentioned in your story and, it, and we know that astrology is really a through line through mm-hmm. your story and in a lot of your work now. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about a couple of the pieces, both the astrocartography and sort of mm-hmm. what that is and how you navigated that, mm-hmm. as well as the Saturn return. I think a lot of totally. our community is just starting to explore a lot of this stuff. Cool. So would love for you to kind of give your perspective my on that. My
0: favorite, my favorite babes to talk to. like (laughs) So astrocartography is just a, we could say like a sect of astrology. Mm -hmm. It's based on your natal chart. So when I talk about astrology, I'm not talking about like cosmopolitan horoscopes. I'm talking about natal chart astrology, which is in my opinion, really the crux of what astrology truly is. It's based on your time of birth, your date of birth, and your place of birth. And from that, you get a chart that is, if your birth time's accurate, Mm -hmm. it's a snapshot of the heavens at the moment you were born. And so the way that we look at it as astrologers is that there's like an energetic imprint. And if you're willing to, I mean, I'm very woo-woo and the mystical. So I love like the concept of reincarnation and like looking at these lifetimes from the soul perspective, just as much as the mind body perspective. And so the whole idea through astrology is that when you, the moment you incarnate, your soul is like, yes, that's how I am going to come through in this life, express what I am meant to express and experience. And sometimes that's very... I mean, all of us have challenge. My favorite quote from the Buddha is, all beings suffer, some too much, others too little. We all face challenge. Some, you look at their birth charts and there's a lot of ease. Some you look and there's a lot of challenge and a lot of hurdles to overcome. And so when we get to, and I use this as a preface to the astrocartography because astrocartography is based on your birth chart. So basically the idea is that based on your natal chart, there are planetary ley lines and energies for you specifically at unique parts of the globe. Like I'll use an example. I looked at my mom's chart My parents are so on board now. My dad's like a retired CFO and he's like, hey babe, so tell me more about Scorpio. Like he just like loves it. (laughs) it. So, But it's interesting because even like I looked at my mom's astrocartography and she had this Mars-Venus line moving through Phoenix, Arizona. That's where she met my dad. They've been married for 40 years. And Mars and Venus, Venus, yeah. we all can guesstimate that. I had a client many years ago who moved overseas and had was sexually assaulted. And we looked at her chart and I looked to see if there was a space of like maybe a challenging aspect. And there was a Pluto Mars. Mars is masculine energy. Pluto is deep transformation. And that experience completely catalyzed her life in like a totally new direction. So, and then for me, like in Los Angeles, so Neptune is the energy of creativity, spirituality. Maybe I wouldn't say creativity, but kind of. Let's just say spirituality is very Neptunian. And then Venus is like creative energy, value, worth. Money rules money. And how funny, I moved to Los Angeles and I do call myself a modern mystic. I'm an astrologer and I've monetized and created a career out of being a spiritual person, a spiritual Mm -hmm. teacher. Pretty crazy. So it's really fun to look at. And then the Saturn return, just to touch on that really quickly. So that is a... Period of time um, at your late 20s, where so remember, we talked about the natal chart and that's the snapshot of the heavens. So, Saturn is at a particular placement when you're born. So, let's say, for I'll give use myself as an example, good example to use since I don't know your charts yet, but we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, later. I know my uh, yeah, we'll look at them. We definitely can. But basically, so I was born with Saturn and Sagittarius and let's see well i'm i'm about to be 33 so a couple years ago from 27 to 30 i believe is like the Kind of like the couple year period, your late 20s, where you're having your Saturn return. So, what that means is that transit Saturn, like he's in Sagittarius in 1987 when I was born, and then he travels, 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 travels all the way around, and he returns to that natal point 27, 28, 29 years later. And so, that's known as the Saturn return. And so, the way an astrologer looks at that is, you know, anytime you have a conjunction in astrology, sorry, this is so this so much. It's like, once you get going, it's like, it's a lot of information, but stick with me. You yeah. guys can do it. Um, it'll make more sense, especially as you study it a little deeper, but basically that conjunction. So my natal Saturn and then Transit Saturn, they're communicating. So it's like, hey, um, natal Saturn, has Natalia Benson been doing her work? Because Saturn's energy in astrology is karma, responsibility, accountability, hard work. Like all of the planets have their own unique language. Have you guys, you guys have heard of the 27 Club? Like, I haven't. Mm. Yeah, this is kind of an intense example. I'm not sure if it's the best for the beginning <laughs> astrology mind, but we'll give it a whirl. Okay, yeah. But basically, like the 27 clubs. So, like Jimi Hendrix, I'm like, don't use a great example and then forget Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison a couple like very famous, we'll say like American artists, they passed away at 27. Ah, So that's like known as the 27 club. And everyone's like, well, why 27? Why 27? And it doesn't have to be as grave as that. This is like a very intense example, but the way that an astrologer would see it is like, well, wait a second. It's kind of like that karmic check-in like, hey, did you come here? Are you staying grounded? Because Saturn is very much a reality, a check-in do not worry. It doesn't mean you're going to die at your (laughs) Saturn return, but sometimes it can feel like an energetic death because you are literally letting go of an old part of who you are. Um, You're stepping into who you are meant to be as an adult. Chani Nichols is one of my favorite astrologers and she did an interview recently with Almost 30 very good girl, friends of mine, I would suggest listen to her definition to go deeper about Saturn return mm-hmm. energy. Um, I won't spend too much more time on it here, but it is so illuminating. And she talks about, I believe she calls them the quarter squares of Saturn. And it's just very interesting information. Astrology is nothing to be afraid of. Saturn return is nothing to be afraid of. Just don't be afraid of hard work. It's literally like when you hire a personal trainer. And you're like, Hey, I want to like fit in my pants and feel healthy and like be able to run two miles or get ready for a marathon. Well, does he say, okay, cool. Well, let's come here and like eat donuts together and um, sit around on the equipment and like talk about like Love is Blind on Netflix, which I'm like kind of into that <laughs> show right now. <laughs> and, um, it's like, no, like he's just like, okay, so you want to get ready for this marathon or you want to get healthier, feel more vital. All right, well, I'll see you here at 5 a.m. for the next three weeks for four days out of the week or whatever. That's Saturn energy. It's literally like, but you're getting something out of it. You yeah. just have to show up and do the work.
1: Yeah. yeah. And what is an example of how you use astrology just in your day-to-day?
0: Well, let's see. I am not someone who like, as I love astrology, but I love astrology empowerment. So I'm not someone who like lives and breathes. When I was younger, I remember there was some crazy lunar eclipse and I was just learning about all this stuff and I laid in bed all day. I was like, cool, if I lay here and I don't go and do anything, <laughs> nothing can happen. <laughs> and sadly, I think so many of us like look at this stuff that way. And that's why I was like, Natalia, don't share about the 27 Club. But that's only a few people. That's just that's just an example yeah. some astrologers will use with Saturn churn. But it's very rare. But here's the thing, like I don't read my horoscope. If I'm having a big issue come up or a theme, I'll go check my natal chart and I'll say, Hey, like what's aspecting me. But I always come to my chart from the place of like, what can I learn? What empowers me? Mm-hmm. And it really helps me, you know, astrology is a language. It's I, I like to refer to it as like a cosmic language. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. Like I'll, I can look at something and see, okay, I have Chiron right now moving through my third house, which is communication. How can I be mindful of my words? And maybe instead of like avoiding something happening, I can be like, okay, like what's a good way for me to see? Oh, cause that could be deemed like a bit of a challenging aspect. And it's definitely shown up that way for me. But then I'm like, how can I learn from this? How can I prepare? And that's what these tools, you know, I've, I've read tarot for like over 10 years and it's all the same. Like these mystical tools, they're not for us to feel powerless. They're for us to feel powerful. And if you see something or you're witnessing something, change it, make yeah. a change, do something about it. And that's why I love the languaging of this stuff because you can really view it and live with so much more awareness.
1: Yeah, it's not like you look at it and this is what's going to determine your day. Exactly. It's, this could happen, but empower yourself to change it if you don't want that to be. If you're exactly. looking at a horoscope or you're looking at your chart.
0: And you but... have to be mindful what where you look. Mm-hmm. And that's why like, I take all this stuff that's why I was like, Natalia, the twenty-seven. I was like, no, okay, I'm just going to go with it. But it's because you do have to be careful. Yeah, we, yeah. I think we have eons of time of listening to other people telling us about what's true about life. You know, whether thousands and thousands of years ago with the monarchy, religions you know people in power and not really feeling powerful in and of ourselves and you know this is the age of aquarius like we're moving into a very different time now where the power will move to the people mm-hmm. and aquarius is also known as the water bearer and water is an element that we cannot live without we must have water and water according to the esoteric is soulful energy, it's relationships, it's love, it's flow. And this is a very beautiful, powerful time, but we're seeing a lot of democratizing kinds of movements going on. I mean, even just with social media, I see social media as a very Aquarian tool. It's Mm -hmm. something that connects us. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's a tool, so you can either use it to help or harm yourself. It depends how you're using it, but it's very powerful and we're more connected now than ever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that same point in terms of like not relying too heavily, it's a great, a lot of these pieces of astrology and tools are a great check-in. That's sort of why I was interested in talking about Saturn return because when I had first heard about it, I had a much less knowledge about astrology than I do now, but it made so much sense. I was like, oh my God, I think a lot of people have their worlds rocked around the ages of 27 to 30. Totally. <laughs> And things shift and you may be put on a different path that at the moment feels really hard, but then it all makes sense. And yes. I think having that understanding that this is a piece of what's going on and mm-hmm. it's all sort of part of this plan yep. is really helpful. It, it really is. And that that's what this is meant to be for. It's meant to be
0: helpful. It's yeah. meant to be insightful and empowering and some really great, like resources that I love for astrology is like cafeastrology.com. Mm-hmm. I love the Astro Twins, Chani Nichols, obviously. I just got a new astrology book recently called Star Power by mm-hmm. Vanessa Montgomery. These are all great resources and tools to develop what I like to call like a new age mm-hmm. <laughs> relationship to astrology. Because yeah. like some books are very fatalistic mm-hmm. and I just don't think any of us ought to be living with the concepts of fate in our minds. Mm -hmm. I think that that's very damaging. And I think for, like I was talking about a moment ago, for eons, we've lived with this fear of life, fear of God, fear of the universe. I had a past life regression many years ago and I came out of it and I was like, wow. I was like, I've had lifetimes where like, I didn't know the universe existed. I just thought I was alone. And like, isn't that amazing? Like we're really living in such a powerful illuminated time right now, which is so cool to me. So
1: much awareness. Mm -hmm. It really is. I'm curious about And actually a friend of ours was asking about this last night. There's a lot of talk around Mercury being in retrograde and we kind of, you know, at a high level, we know that things are wild and weird things happen, not to make decisions. Can you talk about that from your perspective on what it means and what you do?
0: Yes, definitely. So, well, I'll give you guys a really fascinating example. (laughs) So so Mercury is currently retrograde in Pisces. It goes direct, I believe, the same day as the Virgo full. Full moon. So Mercury will go direct on three nine, which is also the full moon in Virgo. So okay, so Pisces is a water sign. Mercury rules technology, communication, scheduling, like nuts and bolts of how things work in our lives. So here's something really freaking interesting. So right when mercury went retrograde, my water filter, we realized there was a leak in my sink. So all these guys came over, there was all this confusion (laughs) and then they came and fixed it. And I was like, okay, that's so mercury retrograde. Then about a week, a couple days ago, which is about a week or so later, the water pressure was like, I couldn't take a shower. I was like, oh, that's really weird. Something's wrong with the water pressure. I was like, that's so mercury retrograde. Only to find out that there was a massive leak. I mean, this building is about 34 stories high. Yeah. Massive leak in this building. And they're doing all the restoration. And like, it's been really stressful. And yesterday, I just was like, Mercury retrograde in Pisces. That is literally the expression of that. So, got a little bit of chaos. We got some water energy going on in there. I mean, yeah. it's very fascinating. It's just mm-hmm. like, of course it could have happened anytime, but it happened now. And Mm -hmm. it's, so here's the thing. So Mercury, as I said, rules our communication, our relationship to technology, social media, the way we speak, the way we think, the way we communicate, as I said, technologies, nuts and bolts, things like that, like mm-hmm. things that make things go, right. that's Mercury. And mm-hmm. so the whole idea is that when any planet goes retrograde, all that that means, it doesn't go backwards. It just means it's stations in its orbit and it actually, Mercury kind of like waits for the sun to catch up to it. So- mm-hmm. um, Mercury moves so fast and that is our mercurial faculties as well. Like we speak, we think a lot. Like, I mean, we're all thinking all the time. We're all thinking way in advance or way in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mercury is, it's very quick. Mm -hmm. And so when it stations retrograde, it's actually waiting for the sun to catch up with it. And then it journeys with this close to the sun, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So something with your natal charts, just a little cool astronomy, astrology moment is that Mercury will never be very far away from your sun sign because it doesn't travel very far away from the sun. Mm. When it does get far away, there's a certain degree stations and it can seem like it's going backwards, but it's not going backwards. Just all the other planets are moving by it. It's like when you're driving in a car, if something's sitting still, it looks like it's going backwards, but really Mm. you're just moving forwards. So with a retrograde, it's an excellent time to chill out slow down. Retrograde, it starts with re. So can we reevaluate, revamp, revisit? They say it's not always the best time to start something new just because when things move forward, you may have um, change of mind, change of heart. But you know what? I've also done things in Mercury retrogrades. I got my car at the end of a Mercury retrograde and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, well, I'm like, I'm an astrologer. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like you don't have to just like live and breathe by it. Like be mindful if you'd Mm -hmm. like, but just live your life, you know? And so it can just be great depending on the element that Mercury is retrograding in and the sign to heed the strengths of that sign. So with Mercury retrograding through Pisces, let's focus more on our soul. Let's slow down. If some of us have been going balls to the wall with like life, That's such a weird statement. I'm so sorry. I don't know where that comes from. It's like so crude. If we've been going, I don't know. Anyways, whatever. We've been going hard. I'm an Aries. So sometimes those things come out. I'm like, who just said that? I'm not sure. But it's really beautiful because it can give us a time to really revisit and be like, wait, do I like where I'm moving right now? Do I like Mm -hmm. how things are going? For me personally, I know that during this Pisces, uh, this retrograde, I've been like, like I'm starting to read a book from my coach about just like slowing down and self care, and not being such a freaking workaholic because workaholism comes from fear. Addiction of any kind comes from fear, and so that's been my big download recently. Is just like, oh, I'm safe to slow down. I'm safe to take care of myself. I went yesterday to a park. We don't have many parks in LA. We've got a few, but I went to a park and I just sat on the grass and just put my feet on the ground and earthed. And those are great things to do during any Mercury retrograde because Mercury is very heady. It gets us up in the intellect and so we can root it. And so that's why our connection to earth water energy, taking baths during Mercury retrograde is wonderful. And this year in 2020, all of the retrogrades will be in water signs. So we'll have Mercury retrograde, I think retrograde from Leo to Cancer and then Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. So these will be times to really listen to our deeper selves, slow down. The water in the esoteric is, relates to the soul. So like, let's all pay attention. Let's get a little deeper. If you're feeling hectic and chaotic, take care of yourself, slow down, start to pay attention to your soul in whatever
2: way feels comfortable for you.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, the long and the short answer. Love it, yeah, <laughs> that's it. so good. So before we move off astrology, cause we definitely have some other things we wanna talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Are you able to tell us a little bit maybe about things that we should be mindful of if we give you some information about our charts? Yeah, for sure. What are your signs? I am a Capricorn sun, Virgo moon, Cancer rising.
0: Oh my God. Amazing. That's very earthy water, which is like what I was just kind of talking about. Okay. Capricorn and then
1: Scorpio. Scorpio. Yes. Yes. And I'm a Gemini rising. Yes. And a Libra moon.
0: Libra moon. Okay. So you are Scorpio, Gemini, Libra. So that's air and water. And then you are quite a bit of earth and a little bit of water. Can you remind me one more time?
2: Cancer rising.
0: Cancer rising. And Virgo. And Virgo moon. Moon. Virgo moon. That's earth.
2: Yes. Yes. And Capricorn is earth, I know. Yes.
0: Super earthy. So, wow. Super powerful. So you have a sun conjunct Venus and Pluto, all in Scorpio. Your North node is in Aries. So you're like meant to go in a direction of just like being an independent, even like working for yourself, like in the way that you guys are doing, like just like really being like your own person and being a leader in some regards. Mm-hmm. Let's see, we can go pretty deep. So I'll just keep it like simple yeah. and then I'll put your guys's like charts together so you can see like where they communicate. Cool. Yeah. So I, And then Stefania, you have, wow. So remember how I was talking about Neptune and how it's like that very soulful energy, spiritual energy, creative. Yeah. So you actually have Neptune conjunct your sun, but it's in the sixth house of Virgo. So Virgo is very realistic. It's like, no, like it's very grounded and rooted, but there can also be like an exploration or a desire to connect to yourself in a deeper way, but in a way that feels grounded, feels like measured, if you Mm -hmm. will, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Have you been like interested in like deeper subjects, but like kind of doing it in a way that feels comfortable to you or
2: yeah, I would say e- even for probably the past year and maybe even more so like in the past eight or nine months, just like exploring more, doing more spiritually inclined mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. working with healers, and then also incorporating all of that into what we're doing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that does resonate with me. But yeah, and then the grounded piece for sure. Like I I just always yes. like I'm always like reality check, like how's this realistic? If if I do yeah. this now, how does it look in 10 steps from now? Like, and yes. I think that's the Virgo. That's so Capricorn and Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you said that your moon's in Virgo. Yeah. So it's like, yeah,
0: that's what you're saying is textbook. <laughs> yes. yeah. 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 That's super interesting. So here, I'm going to put you guys together. So, oh my God, amazing. Love seeing this. So you guys both have your North nodes in Aries. Wow. So that means at a soul level, you're going in the same direction. Like you're, and my North Node's in Aries too. So we're going, we're going there together. (laughs) Um, But it's really, you know, North Node in Aries is about stepping into your individual sovereignty, being a leader or an innovator in some way. But in the way that it can feel uncomfortable because of the South Node, is like, oh, like I've got to people please, or I've got to like do this in a way that works for this person. And you guys perhaps are discovering how to be leaders together and still take. The cool thing about learning about North nodes and South nodes is you can take the strengths of your South node and bring it into your North node. So some of the strengths of a South node Libra is learning to be respectful, gentle, generous, harmonic. But then the Aries is also like it's not always on par with that. So you can bring that energy and that essence into that part of your relationship and your leadership style. But I love seeing that. I mean, the truth is, well, now that I'm realizing, duh, you guys have so many of the same placements because you're born in the same year. So that's really trippy. Like your guys' Jupiter are literally perfectly conjunct. So Jupiter and Pisces actually. So I feel like Vera is truly the expression of Jupiter and Pisces. You're expanding not only your own wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, you're traveling together, you're expanding others and you're giving them a deeper sense of connection to information that maybe isn't readily available or isn't like super norm because Pisces is Neptune ruled. So it's Kind of deeper. It's woo-woo. It's exploring things in a deeper way and feeling things in a deeper way. So that's really fascinating. I love this. Does this make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think so. It's yeah. good. Yeah, I think so. And it's good to hear again, know. like yeah. a gut check, just yeah. like the Saturn. Yeah. Yes. A gut check. It's challenging. Yeah. For sure. working together and doing all of this. So it's and we know deep down that it's, that right, it's right. But it's exactly. just like, you know, well, this
0: confirms it. And yeah. then the fact too now we've understood you have a zero degrees cancer ascendant. You guys, I mean, according to this, and this is like a professional software, according to this, you guys have the same ascendant and that's what's also lining up all of your planets and houses. It's very fascinating. Yeah, You guys are just right on cue with
2: each other. It's very cool. I love seeing this. Oh, I know. I love Ramdas. He died on my birthday this year. No way. And he was 88 and I was turning 33. (gasps) And I just thought there was some significance to that. Oh my God, that gives me chills. I I love him so much. These tattoos, the tops of my wrists, are from Be Here Now, from page 33. Oh my God. So we're talking about this because my phone background is is Be Here Now. Wow, that's so powerful. One of the other things that we wanted to make sure we touch on is... And maybe you and Catherine worked on this a little bit together in your coaching, but your work on manifesting money and financial abundance Mm -hmm. as well as manifesting relationships. Mm -hmm. And can you talk to us a little bit about how you approach that? From what we've seen, it looks like you've had some really profound results with your clients. Yeah,
0: it's uh, it's such a blessing. I mean, I always say like with coaching, it's like <laughs> it's like a being a sherpa. It's like you don't take someone up a mountain you haven't traversed before. You traverse the mountain and then you guide someone up that same mountain and you know the roads and the trails and I mean, for me, you know, as I kind of touched in at the beginning about like my story, oh my god, I mean I had very low self worth. So that manifested in just really deep issues with money, with earning potential. Even if I made money, I spent all of it. It's just that was my 20s. And I had very tumultuous relationships with men. Like it was just, even if I had a boyfriend that loved me, I was like, why do you love me? And I just was like one of my boyfriends, my early twenties. I mean, I was pretty awful to him just cause like, I remember thinking, why do you love me? Like I'm awful. You know, that's so sad. I used to really suffer. And I share this too, cause I think all of us can feel this way at times, you know? And um, it's really powerful, very interesting because over time, I just realized like, I don't want to suffer. I want to live. I want to live an amazing life. Like I'm committed. So what do I have to do? And I really started over the years exploring my inner terrain, listening to the harsh lessons that I was getting from my life, and really just start to pay attention and do something about what wasn't working in my life. And for me, especially with the money component, I finally realized maybe around the age of like 31, that which is not very long ago for me, but I realized, holy moly, like, I don't make a lot of money or I don't keep the money that I make because I don't trust and respect myself. Okay. So what do I have to do to trust and respect myself? And then I went and did that work with men in relationships. Why don't I trust myself to love someone or let someone in? Well, I don't trust and respect myself. Oh, well, that's kind of an issue. Okay. So what do I want to do about that? And as much as I'd love to say that it's like manifesting is like this deeply woo-woo thing. I happen to feel that it's incredibly pragmatic. It's like, what are you doing in your life to make a change? And like, I used to wish for things all day long. I used to want to, when I first learned about manifesting, I was 19 and I thought manifesting was like this hyper miraculous, like perfection driven thing that like I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I thought, but it definitely was not in alignment with what manifestation was. And I wasn't really getting my manifestations. And I remember towards the end of this era, for me, I was just like, hmm, okay, when I actually go to work on myself and heal and love the parts of myself that I've deemed unlovable that creates a lot of change in my life. Practically, that creates a lot of change in my life. When I can sit in front of the mirror with myself and say, I love you, I accept you, and I respect you, that created a lot of change in my life. I'm a huge proponent of mirror work. I first learned of the concept from Louise L. Hay. And then it's kind of just something organically that I explored in my own capacity and just really found that there was a lot of liberation for me there because I believe that when we can face ourselves and really say, hey, no matter what I see in the mirror, I love you and I'm your best friend. I'm on your team no matter what. I believe that we are unstoppable. And when we really come to respect and accept ourselves, ourselves, we can create magic. That to me is where the magic is. It's sorry if that's not the most mystical answer, the most exciting answer, but it's, it's simple. And I, I want this stuff, you know, for me, when I created all these changes in my life, they were simple. I mean, a cat, remember in our sessions, I'd have you get in front of the mirror and you know, we'd work through stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's how it's is with all of my clients. It's like, hey, grab that mirror and let's talk it out right now. And it's so simple and it's so powerful. It's just
1: like incredible. Mm -hmm. It really and I hope you don't mind me sharing that no, no, not at all. I'm very open about my my journey. Um and I think it's not something that we're taught at an yeah. early age ever, yeah. like love yourself or like, how do you actually love yourself? Yes. It's the how that's often missing. We yes. know that that's something that we have to do, but so many people struggle it, yes. struggle with it. Yes. If there was one tool or even, you know, a few t- simple tools, I know that you mentioned mirror work that you'd recommend for somebody who does want to love themselves more and kind of connect the dots between the how and also start manifesting things in their life, what would you tell them?
0: Uh, Mirror work. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that I suggest for everyone. It's a really big part of my work and the things that I practice with myself. I mean, it's a wonderful place to start because who doesn't have a mirror? (laughs) We're so used to using mirrors for like, okay, how do I look in this? And like um, judging myself. we all have access to mirrors. So like instead of using it to judge yourself, why not use it as a space of empowerment and deeper connection? That was a big change catalyst for me. And then also sit down with yourself for a moment and admit what isn't working in your life. I mean, I think that right before I met Mick and I say that I manifested him, because I did, I aligned my energy and really started saying no to things that I didn't want and things that didn't align with my heart. And then I met him not long after. So again, it wasn't really this super mystical thing. It was actually, and even though manifestation is very, it can be very mystical. I think it's like, what are you doing with your life to create the energetic foundation for that to live in your experience. Like I used to want to manifest stuff to get away from myself. And so in that seeking to get away from myself, I was just manifesting stuff that pushed me deeper into my own shit so I could look at it and change. And that ultimately made me like incredibly powerful. It was not easy, but now it's just like I would say and sorry I got a little off with the question there but you know get in front of the mirror and talk with yourself hold your gaze if emotions come up stick with it that means you're you're having a breakthrough your soul is speaking I I do believe that the soul speaks through our emotions I think that it in our deeper feelings also sit down with yourself set a timer for 20 minutes and very very simply write down this is what is not working in my life right now this is not working. I feel like, as I was mentioning a moment ago, right before I met Mick, I finally sat down and said, wow, it was like a surrender moment. And I believe that's a key part of manifestation. Oh my God, I am not happy with this part of my life. And I just admitted it to myself finally, instead of being like, oh, it's going to be all right. Go do this distraction or do this or whatever. Finally, I was like, I just let everything go. And I was like, wow, this isn't working and I'm unhappy. And what can I do to change? And um, sometimes we don't know those answers. That's why I believe it's so beautiful to work with soul, to work with God universe, whatever name feels good for you. But we're not alone here. You know, I interviewed a psychic medium the other day named Erica Gabriel. She is sensational. Highly suggest you get her on the podcast. She is so special. And she was just like, I asked her, I said, can you tell us about our divine spiritual team, as you say. And she's like, oh yeah. So it's this, it's this. She goes, we're not alone. Why do we all live like we're so alone in this? And that's what I think makes us, that makes us suffer so much is not just when we feel physically alone, like deep relationships, friendships, purpose, but when we feel spiritually alone and we feel abandoned by our creator, because I don't know about you, there's so much divine intelligence in this experience we just have to be willing to look at life from that perspective. And it opens up so much magic. Like you didn't invent trees. No one invented trees. No one invented this. Like who did that? Like, yes, science can explain it to a degree, but I I so believe there's something so much deeper beyond that. And I mean, our eyes, like our connection, the perfection of this experience that sometimes we cannot describe. It's so beyond understanding. It's amazing to me. And so I suppose manifestation kind of rests from that very rooted, pragmatic place and also that deep, like magical place of surrender.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's one question that we ask all of our guests. What life experience have you had that has been your greatest teacher
0: Oh my God, what an amazing question. I feel like maybe a more general space, really learning how to be alone. Like I really, in my twenties, like I wanted so deeply to be in a relationship and I just wasn't. And I really had to face myself. Like I remember there was this one moment where I was dating this guy who was also an Aries like me and he just would not be with me. Like he just was, we were like intimate and all of the things and he just wouldn't commit to me. And I remember driving home from his place one afternoon and I was crying so hard. I like couldn't breathe. And I was like, God, like, what is this? Like, why do I have to be alone? And and this one was significant as well, because this was within like, Many years of being so single, like from my uh, previous relationship, like many years earlier. And I just remember going home and just opening up this conversation with the universe and my higher self. And those were some very deep times of suffering because I really suffered from abandonment issues and I was very afraid of being alone. But I really learned how to stand on my own two feet. And now that I am where I am and I am so in love and in such a supportive, powerful, empowering relationship, I'm so grateful for those times where like. These people who were not meant for me, quote unquote, rejected me so I could stay on my path. I built a very successful business because of those moments. And I built not only that, but a really successful, deeper relationship to myself. And sometimes when we don't get what we want, it's the greatest blessing. So we have to remember that.
1: Completely agree. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you That's you so a great much. place to end
0: it.
2: Yeah. Thank, thank you guys so much. Thank this was
1: so incredible. Thank you, Natalia. This was absolutely incredible. Thank you. I feel you. like I could literally sit here. I know, we're hours. having so much fun. It's very zen <laughs> we'll have, in here. Yeah, we're having a great time. Thank <laughs> well, you guys well, thank so thank you. much. Thank you.
2: And we'll put uh, all oh, the yeah. information on all of Natalia's links, Instagram, how to reach her, her coaching. We'll include all of that in the show notes. So check that out. Yeah. Is it on Amazon?
0: Can we it will be. We're currently in transition. Little Mm -hmm. BTS here. We're currently in transition getting it up on Amazon and Audible. Okay, great. Yeah.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend. And hit subscribe so you never miss a show.